Hey, thank you for joining us this week on the NACF podcast. We welcome Pastor Parson back after a much-needed vacation, and she's fired up, ready to bring a new message. And on our path and road to destiny and purpose, we might run into a lot of detours, but whatever you do, don't let nothing turn you around. Don't let nothing take you back. Keep pressing and moving forward. Coming up. You need to have a made-up mind that you are going to do what God called you to do. The devil, the enemy, and even my own flesh is going to fight the will of God in my life. But I am not going to let you, not even you, take me back. Glory to your name, precious name, oh, the name, the name that has say precious name all the name that name is Jesus you see when we get in a place of worship we just gotta want to stay there and just 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 roll with it oh how we love you oh how we praise you oh how we worship I could roll on that. Oh, how we love you, too. Mm, I'm going to leave that alone. John 21, 1 through 3, in the New International Version. It'll be there for you on the screen. And it says, afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter... Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I am going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Our topic this afternoon is, I'm not going to let you take me back. I'm not going to let you take me back. I'm not going to let you take me back. Look at us. Mask. Clorox wipes. Sanitizer bottles. Drive through and drive in life. No touching. No hugging. No kissing. Complicated memorial services. Restricted home goings. Can't even bury your friends. I'm losing friends still. And can't even bury your friends. And sports with no fans in the stands. One, a weird sports season anyway. Because we got hockey, baseball, football, basketball, women's basketball, all at the same time. And nobody has any fans in the stands. So in football, they just play fake fans. To make it feel like you had a game, they just got some canned fans. And they got the nerve to even make it like it's your home team. So if the visiting team make a touchdown, they don't play the, 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 the tape. But if the home team make a touchdown, they play the tape. Like it's some real fans in the stands. Look at us. We thought this would be over by now. Six months ago, everyone was just waiting to get back to normal. They couldn't wait to get back to normal. We talked about all the stuff we were going to do when it got back to normal. But now everyone is talking about a new normal. We all want things to go back to normal, but we're awakened to the possibility that that won't ever happen. Because one major event can change your life forever. I was in the airport a week or so ago, and I had to be dropped off because no one can come up with you. For everybody that was born past 2001, people used to be able to go all the way to the gate with you. 
I know y'all don't remember that. I got up to there. They had this checking point. I had to take off my jacket. I had to take off my shoes. I laid all my little small bottles of liquids out. I put my iPad in its own tray. Then they patted me down. When I got home, there was nobody standing at the gate to welcome me home either because we're afraid that a terrorist may bomb us if somebody gets past baggage claim. 9-11-01, September 11, 2001, changed some things for us that never returned to normal. That one event changed things forever. So now we're in a new normal. Now we don't even think about it. We just line on up there and start taking stuff off. Well, it's the same with this year of purpose. We have gotten to the point in this year now where we're walking it out. We're walking our purpose out. Now, some of you are still waiting to get back to normal before you start your purpose. Like you've been going through the messages and you've been listening to everything, but you still haven't started walking in any purpose because you're waiting for things to get back to normal before you start. But y'all, we can't wait. We have no idea what new normal is going to look like and even how long that's going to last before something else happens that's going to be a life-changing event. So may I suggest to you this afternoon that walking in your purpose is a life-changing event all in itself. All by itself, walking in purpose is a life-changing event. Am I talking to the right folk in the room? It's a life-changing event. And if we're going to walk out our purpose, we cannot go back to our old normal. It ain't coming back. Everything in you is going to want to retreat to it at times. But we need to have a made-up mind that we are going to do what God called us to do. I'm going to say that another time. You need to have a made-up mind that you are going to do what God called you to do. The devil, the enemy, and even my own flesh is going to fight the will of God in my life. But I am not going to let you, not even you, take me back. I am walking in purpose. I am going to please the Lord I'm going to do what I was born to do I refuse to be unnecessary and insignificant I refuse to let God down I refuse to punk out on my call I'm not going to let you take me back I'm not going back to obscurity I'm not going back to hiding and wasting time I'm not going back to compromising and half-stepping now that I have my breakthrough I'm not gonna let you take me back behind the barriers under the yokes onto the chains or even into the cycles now that I know I'm a gift I'm not going back to being misused now that I know I'm a champion I'm not gonna let you take me back to the loser circle there's something that's trying to drag me back trying to pull me back trying to talk me back trying to shame me back trying to scare me back but I'm not gonna let you take me back my heart is to worship. My will is to serve you. My hope is to please you. And my aim is to bring glory to your name. But when you begin walking in purpose, resisting that pull to reach back for your normal, it's not an easy win. And who knows that more than the disciples of Jesus in the text? We find them in a peculiar place. They are men of purpose. They have been called. They have been predestined. These are the leaders who will turn the world upside down. These are the ones who have been given the responsibility to preach the gospel and to establish the church. But the transfer of power wasn't supposed to be like this. You see, they believed that they were going to be reigning with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But instead, the one that they knew was the Messiah was crucified. And they ran and hid and abandoned him. They were hurt. They were broken. They were confused. But then he rose from the dead. 
And, and their role and their purpose became clearer. The resurrected Lord Jesus Christ appears to them several times and he tells them about the kingdom of God. He explains more clearly why he had to die and what that meant. He reiterates that they'll receive the Holy Spirit and he's going to send them out to preach the gospel. He's going to preach the good news all over the world. And he proves to them by many signs and wonders how that he is truly the Messiah and that this is truly the plan. And this goes on for 40 days. But not every day. By the time of our story, they have only seen Jesus twice. So put yourself in their emotional place. Jesus is showing up, Rev, and disappearing. For 40 days. Over a month. Of dead time. Transition. Some instruction. And waiting. You got the pressure. Put yourself in their emotional plates now. You got the pressure and the confusion. And the fatigue from the last three years of ministry. Then you got the rejection from the Jewish elite. Then you got the hiding and the failing and the secret meetings. It had to be an emotional roller coaster for them. It had to be unnerving. It had to be unsettling. It had to be unsure. Oh, here's Jesus, and we're talking to Jesus, and we're all excited, and then he's gone. For days at a time. And he shows up, and we're excited again, and we understand, well, it's not going to be like this, but it's not going to be like that, and then, and then he's gone. It's unnerving. It's unsettling. How they must have longed for something that seemed normal. So Peter says one day, and, and I love the word of God. Anytime Peter start being Peter, they always call him Simon Peter. A lot of times when he acting right, they call him Peter. But anytime, almost every time Peter mess up, they call him Simon Peter. Y'all know Simon was who he was before. Peter, who is he supposed to be right now? So this text says Simon Peter. Simon Peter says one day, I'm going fishing. You see, Peter was a fisherman by trade. So basically, he's saying, I'm going back to work. Sharonda. I'm going back to work. Or, or how, as we might say, Let me, I'm going to run by my job for a while. But see, that isn't what Jesus said to do. Of all the things that Jesus said, I didn't see anything about them going back to fishing. He told them when he called them the first time, he said, from now on, you will fish for people. From now on, you'll be fishers of men. From now on. Nothing in there about going back to fishing. But Peter says, Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. The good old days when life was simple. Everybody in ministry ought to say amen. <laughs> the good old days, Ronay, when, when life was simple. No one depended on him to lead a religious revolution and be the leader of the greatest movement in the world. I'm going fishing. I know how to do that. That was my sweet spot. A hard night work, and then you go home, and you're the hero of the family. I'm going fishing. I feel settled there. I feel competent there. Things are predictable there. I don't need no superpower there. I'm going fishing. Fishing is what I used to do before I met Jesus. Changed my life and found my purpose. <laughs> Fishing is what I used to do when life was normal. Fishing is what I used to do when my life was my own. I could cuss a little bit when I was out fishing. 
I can say what I wanted to say, spend my money how I wanted to spend it, quit when I wanted to, and go back when I get ready. Peter said, I'm going fishing. And for the purpose of this message today, Anytime you're not doing what you were born to do, saved to do, prepped to do, been kept to do, we're going to call that going fishing. Anything that is not your purpose is going fishing. The kingdom has been looking for some of you. And you've gone fishing. Children and the youth ministry leaders gone fishing. Prophets and evangelists, church is not growing. People not really getting saved because the prophet, the evangelists, are gone fishing. Mission workers and the intercessors gone fishing. Teachers and worship leaders, administrators and servant leaders. It's gone fishing. Kids are looking for real mothers to raise them, to lead them, to teach them what's right. But mom's at the mall or at her man's house or in her room having me time. Gone fishing. Kids looking for a father to show them who they are, to protect them, to make life work for the family. But dad is doing his own thing. Dad don't want the pressure. Dad's not feeling appreciated. Gone fishing. People are dying and going to hell without hope, without Christ, without the truth. And pastors and ministers and you, saints of the Most High God, have gone fishing. Going fishing is anything that you're doing that is not your purpose. I want this to be a new church saying in New Antioch. Where, where is so-and-so? Weren't they supposed to be doing prayer? Gone fishing. What have you been doing since the pandemic started? Gone fishing. What happened to you getting ordained? What happened to you hitting the streets? What happened to you starting your community group? What happened to you joining a ministry team? What happened to your calling? Well, since we was in a pandemic, I thought... I'd go fishing. So as I look at Simon Peter, James, John, Thomas, Nathaniel, and two other disciples whose names we don't know, I have to ask a question of the text. I love the word Olivia. I have to ask a question of the text. What took them back to fishing? Perhaps it was disappointment. The disciples were disappointed. This thing didn't go like they expected. Yes, they, they were overwhelmed and they were happy that Jesus has risen from the dead. But it wasn't the exciting take over the world that they expected. Some people even think this is why Judas actually betrayed him to try to force the revolution. But that didn't happen. Jesus came here to die. And to win us back to God, this trip down here wasn't at all about breaking the yoke of Roman rule and making them the most important men in the kingdom. There would be some suffering and some rejection instead. There would be the hard work of preaching the gospel and establishing a church. So there was some disappointment. Langston Hughes asked the question, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? No, but it will make you go fishing. Football is back in. Oh, 
watching the Steeler game the other day. Guy by the name of Zach Banner, number 72 on the Steelers. He had worked hard to finally get to that position of right tackle. A lot of other stuff had happened, and he had just signed a $1.75 million contract in March. Then COVID hit. They had no preseason. But then they finally decided we're going to play. We finally get to play in this position, and he tore his ACL in the first week. And it ended his long-awaited season. And they kept showing this guy's face. And I looked at the devastation of disappointment. Anybody just been disappointed and it was devastating. I looked at this guy's face. He's big old grown man, big old boy too. And he's trying his best not to cry on camera. It broke my heart watching him. He was so disappointed. He was so outdone. I tell you, it'll make you go back to fishing. Disappointment. What took them back, back to fishing? Confusion. We're going to move right on in into our time of giving, our time of tithing, our time of offering, because this is a part of our worship. We are yet obedient in this season. We yet are worshipers and our tithing, that 10% that we give back to God, oh, that is our worship. And so if you have not prepared your giving, please do so. You can do that by going to nuantioch-aliante.org. Push the donate button and follow the prompts. A second way that you can do this is by texting 77977 to Nuantioch. All one word, follow the prompts all the way through. And we're going to give you every means to be obedient, every means to give back into this. And so if you have to do it through mail, our address is 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100. Our zip code is 89084. We want to be careful to thank all of those who have remained obedient, who have remained generous. You see, they really thought that this Jesus thing was going to play out differently. And that's the problem with some of you there listening to me right now. You thought this Jesus thing was going to play out differently. And so now they have to wrap their minds around the reality that this is not going to be the glorious war and reign that they thought. This is going to be hard and rejecting, and then he's leaving, and then he's coming back. And then what I thought was now is going to be then when he come back again. But I thought it was going to be now, but it's going to be then. And then he left. And so he coming back. But I don't know how long it's going to be before he gets back. Confusion. I'm starting to get what he's saying, but I don't fully get what he's saying. Confusion. I tell you, it'll make you go fishing. Like this year. Y'all, we laid it out, the, the leadership get together, and we pray, and we lay out ministry for an entire year. Every October, we lay out the ministry, and we laid it out. Didn't we lay it out, girls? Didn't we lay it out, Pastor Derek? We laid it out this year when we know this is what God gave us. We called it our roaring 20s. When God saw the year's going to be our roaring 20s, we got up, and we was just saying, I got the eye of the tiger, a fighter, dancing in the fire, because I I am a champion, and you're going to hear me roar off. We was ready. Excited about it. Got some new terms in the ministry. Then COVID hit. And this, this is still the mission God gave us, because as he gave it to us, he knew it was going to be a pandemic. But this is not what we thought it was going to look like. We laid out the plan for ministry in 2020, but we didn't expect to be in a pandemic. We didn't expect to be in a political storm, and we didn't expect to be in a national protest. So how do we do that in this? I know what I'm supposed to do, Ross, but how do I do that in this? Y'all been talking to me about this purpose, Agatha, but how do I do that in this? 
in this marriage, in this body, in this financial situation, in this family? How do I do that in, in this, in this political climate, in this economy, in this agency? Somebody listening to me right now saying, how can I do that in this kind of church? How do I do that in this mental state? In this trouble? Lord, how do I do that in this? I'm confused. I'm going fishing. What took them back to fishing? Maybe it was boredom. I don't do what I used to do, but I'm not yet released to do what I'm going to do. And Jesus is just in and out for 40 days. We're not out preaching. We're not out healing. We're not out traveling like we've been doing. We're just waiting. So I'm not doing what I used to do, but he hasn't released me to do what I'm going to do. And Jesus, you in and out. Bored. Just waiting to see what he's going to do. In a sense, I'm quarantined. They're quarantined. They're isolated. Peter might have thought, look, I'm a mover and I'm a shaker. I'm a boss. I make things happen. I'm bored sitting here waiting on you. I'm going fishing. I can't make a move until you make a move. I'm waiting on you to fix it. I'm waiting on you to provide the money for it. I'm waiting on you to provide the money for it. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm waiting on you to provide the money for it. I just had to talk to him for a minute. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm waiting for you to give me the go ahead. I'm waiting for you to change some things. It's like being stuck in the slow lane. Yeah, I got any people in here that drive like I drive. I'm a for real driver. I don't be playing when I'm driving. And I hate being stuck in the slow lane. Some of you are bored with this church thing. You're bored with this leadership thing. You're bored with this single thing. You're bored with this holy living thing. Bored sitting here waiting on you. I'm disappointed. I'm confused. And Jesus, you're in and out. And we've been doing this for weeks now. I don't know what to do in the meantime. I'm going fishing. What made them go back to fishing? Fishing is anything that you're doing. That is not your purpose. What made them go back to fishing? Maybe because in all of this emotional up and down, now I have a need for, I have a longing for something familiar, something to ground me, something that makes me feel normal. I remember. I'm at the height of my pastoring career. The church is booming. This church is huge. And I have this opportunity. It was a sad opportunity, but it was a ministry opportunity to preach Officer Jamie Manners. Funeral is the largest audience I was going to have. If you add all the people that were watching on television, this is probably the largest audience that I've ever preached to. And, and, and I decided to direct the choir. I'm a pastor of a large booming church that's getting ready to preach to the city of Las Vegas. Felt like I needed to go fishing a minute. So right before I'm getting ready to preach to the city, I'm sitting up there on the podium Lord, I will live. I mean, I was in it too. Mine eyes to the hill. 
I needed something to ground me. I was nervous. I felt like I just needed to feel like my normal self again. But I was able to direct the choir and turn around and walk in purpose. But some of you, if you go back to normal, you can't just turn around. Your turnaround might not be so easy. I had a junkie tell me one time, I got one more run in me, but I might not have another comeback. If some of you try to go back to normal, you got more, may have another run in you, but you're not going to be able to just turn around. Some of you might not have another comeback in you. So I'm not going to let you take me back. Peter said, I'm going fishing. Well, here's, here's another reason that some of y'all can't go back. Peter says, I'm going fishing. And everyone that was with him said, we'll go with you. See, now at this point, there are only 11 of them left. Seven of the 11 went fishing. Three of the ones were in the inner circle of Jesus. In other words, the leadership went back. What happens when the leaders go back? They're still leaders, which means they have influence. You're a leader. You have influence. Your decisions affect the team. Peter wasn't going to be the leader. He was already the leader. Your decisions affect the team. It affects everybody that's following you. Leader, your decisions affect the entire organization that you're leading. Fathers, husbands, your decisions affect your entire family. Bosses, supervisors, your decisions affect the entire business. When leaders go back, they drag other people with them. Your kids are struggling, dad, because you let that spirit in your house. Your wife is out of pocket because you have not stayed in your position. Your money is funny because you have not led your life. Your department is not functioning well because when you don't walk in purpose as the leader, everybody goes fishing with you. Peter says, I'm going fishing and the others just followed suit. And some of them weren't even doing that before. As far as I know, only four of the disciples were fishermen before. Now, some said there may have been a few others, but, but four I know. I know Peter, James, John, and Andrew were fishermen before. And well, I don't even know if Andrew was in this group that went fishing this time. They don't call his name. But, but even if he was or wasn't, my point is this. When you aren't walking in purpose, not only will you go back to what you were doing, but sometimes you'll find something else to do. The ones who were fishermen before they met Jesus went back to fishing. But the other ones who weren't fishermen before did fishing because it was just something to do. If you don't continue to walk in purpose, when you get disappointed, when you get confused, when you get bored, or when you just want to feel normal again, you will find something else to do. God said ministry. You got married. God said community. You went back to college. God said raise the kids. You said second job. God said wife. You found a girlfriend. God said focus on building up your husband. When you started hanging out with your mama, or you found a girlfriend, I'm just saying. Not only did some of the disciples go back, but some of them started doing stuff they weren't even doing before. 
And some of you are going to be like Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it's going to come back and, and seven more demons are going to come back because you didn't walk in purpose. And now you're doing stuff that you weren't even doing before. They all went fishing all night long and didn't catch anything. <laughs> you can go fishing if you want to. Fishing is anything you're doing that is not your purpose. Whether it's good or bad, it's not your purpose. There was really nothing wrong or sinful about them going finish. fishing. It just was no longer their purpose or it had never been their purpose. So you can go fishing if you want to. But you're not going to catch a thing. <laughs> the Bible says, but they caught nothing. When you move out of the purpose of God for your life, you are not going to catch a thing. It might seem like it worked for you. For some of you, whatever it is that you're doing that's not your purpose, it might look like it's working for you. It might look like you got a little something, something going on, but you haven't caught a thing. We were raised up hearing this song. I don't know who in here old enough to remember this, but. We were raised up hearing this song. You may build a cathedral, large or small. You may build a skyscraper, grand and tall. You may conquer all the failures of your past. But only what you do for Christ will last. It says only what you do for him will be counted at the end. Only what you do for Christ will last. In the final analysis, at the end of your life, when you stand before God, you will have caught nothing. No salvation. No success. No ministry, no memory. What do I mean by that? Ain't nobody going to remember you but them five folk in your family. No purpose, no productivity. No obedience, no blessing. You're not going to catch a thing. It might look like you got a little something. But when you're standing before God, you will not have caught a thing. So let me tell you the rest of the story. I didn't read you the rest of the story. So they fish all night, and they catch nothing. So early in the morning, Jesus shows up on the shore, and they didn't recognize him at first. And he yells out, friends, haven't you any fish? I think Jesus can be awfully sarcastic sometimes. He knew they didn't have any fish, but here they are. They out doing something. They had no business doing. They're doing something in their own strength. They're doing something on their own accord. Uh, oh, you want to do something without me? Friends, have you any fish? In other words, is it working for you? And all of you who are out of purpose, who have stopped ministry, who found something else to do in the meantime, how is that working for you? Haven't you any fish? So they tell him, no. And he says, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Now, this is not what he meant. I'm getting ready to do a little eisegesis here. This is not what he meant, but I just kind of like, like this. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Y'all been going left on me. <laughs> but if you get back on the right side, you might find a little something, something. If you get back on the right side, you might get somewhere. If you get back on the right side, that situation might work out better. You've gone left on me. You went rogue on me. You're out there on your own. But if you would just get it right, who am I talking to right now? If you would just get it right, because running your mouth is not the right side. Smoking dope and drinking is not the right side. Sexing and clubbing is not the right side. Grubbing and shopping and spending 
something is not the right side. Running and hiding and backsliding is not the right side. If you throw that net on the right side, you find some, but that, that's not how he meant it. That's not how he meant it. <laughs> it just sounded good. It preached good, but that, that is not the interpretation of the text. Uh, interpretation of the text, what he was doing is performing the same miracle he performed when he called them the first time. Especially those three leaders that was in there. When he called Peter, James, and John the first time, they had been fishing all night and had caught nothing. And he told them to throw the nets out again. And they brought in so many fish that the ship was sinking and the nets were breaking. You see, he broke those nets up once. And here they are going back. I know we're physically distancing, but you need to tell somebody he broke that net up once. And here you go going back. I'm going to leave that right there. Because that'll preach for another 30 minutes by itself. <laughs> he broke that net up once. <laughs> I have no idea why they followed the advice of some stranger on the shore. Because they still don't know it, that it's Jesus at this time. Maybe they don't even know why they did it. Maybe the Holy Spirit was just taking over and they did it. But they did it and they were unable to haul it in because they had caught so many fish. And when they saw that miracle, John says to Peter, it's the Lord. Because now Jesus repeats the same miracle as when he called them the first time. They left purpose and Jesus went out to find them again. And my question to you is this afternoon, why are you going to make him call you again? Why are you going to make him call you again? Why he got to go out here and call you again? He repeats the same miracle. Jesus had to go get them people. So he worked the same miracle that he worked when he called him the first time. He did the original call thing all over again. Why are you going to make him call you again? I, I say I had them kind of parents who would say, don't make me call you again. Anybody have one of them kind of mamas or daddy? Because if I have to call you again, it ain't going to be good. If I have to call you again. But look at the mercy of Jesus. Look at the understanding. Look at the kindness. Look at the gentleness. I know you're disappointed. I know you're confused. I know you might be a little bored. You might even be a little angry with me. But I'm going to come and find you. I want you with me. You're my plan A. I'm not looking for a plan B. I want you. So I don't mind coming to get you. I'll just call you again. Oh, my God. It's a shame that he has to. And for some of you, the second call might not be as nice as the first one. And I don't know why you're going to make him call you again but here's the gentleness and the love of Jesus the same miracle he worked when he called him three years ago and so John recognized and said it's the Lord so Peter jumps out of the boat he runs into to Jesus and the others followed yeah because they following the leader and I love Jesus Jesus is so cool man he's, he, he's the coolest cat ever ever came to earth Jesus sitting there he got a fire going, breakfast cooking. He like, y'all didn't have any fish, but <laughs> I did. Sit down, bring some of that, bring some of that mess you just got. Bring some of the fish. And, and say, y'all sit down and have some breakfast. He says, after they ate, he says to Simon Peter, three times, do you love me? Now, many of you have heard this point many times. But for those of you who may not know, when Jesus was arrested, uh, Simon Peter denied that he even knew Jesus three times that night. And Simon was embarrassed after that. He was hurt by his behavior. And when you read some other scriptures, it, lets us, it kind of makes us think that he had a really hard time coming back from that. Because he had bragged on himself that he would never do that. He would never leave Jesus. And on top, he is the leader and, and he's a manly man. And, and, and it's his idea to go back fishing. And so here he is in Jesus' face while he has been denied, he has denied him three times. And so Jesus uses this opportunity to reinstate him. And he asked him the same question three times. Three times, uh, do you love me? Just like the three times that Peter had denied even knowing him. So each time he says, do you love me? Peter says, yes. And every time he asked Peter, to come back to purpose come back to ministry 
He says, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. And a point I want you to get from this is that if you're going to declare to the enemy or to declare to your flesh, I'm not going to let you take me back, then you will have to know and stand on your why. Jesus wants to st us to see that the only true motive for staying in God's will, the only true motive to walk in your purpose is do you love me? At my lowest point in ministry, when there was nothing else keeping me saved, when there was nothing else keeping me in this pulpit, when my relationship with God was so bad, I was disappointed, I was confused, I was tired of waiting on him, I just wanted to feel normal again, but all I had left to say, I had nothing left, y'all, I had nothing left, the only thing I had left to say, and the only thing that I know knew is that I know you love me. And I know I love you. Sharon, that's all I had. I don't know if I had any faith. I don't know if I had any hope. I didn't have anything left except for the fact that I knew he loved me. And I knew I loved him. And so for days, that's all he and I talked about. I didn't have no prayer. I didn't have no tongues. I didn't have anything to say to God. I, 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 matter of fact, I wrote a song about it. Want to hear it? Here it go. Sometimes I would just get up and the only thing I could say is, I, love, I know you love me. And I know I love you. Didn't have a prayer. Didn't have energy. I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't know if I had lost the favor of God. I don't know if the color guy was on my life. And I would just get up and I'd just say, I know you love me. And I know I love you. That's all I had. And if I didn't love him like I do. And if he didn't love me like he does. Girlfriend would be out fishing right now. I ain't lying, I ain't lying, I ain't lying. If I didn't know how much he loved me, and if it wasn't for how much I love him, I'd be out fishing right now, and I would not be catching a thing. Do you love me? God is asking you today. You all can come. Do you love me? And if you do, then stop asking why. And ask, what's next? We, we got this from Sunday school last week. Whatever that thing is that caused you to go fishing, whatever that thing is that caused your disappointment, whatever that thing is that caused your confusion, that caused your boredom in this transition, not knowing what to do in the meantime, instead of sitting here tripping on why, then get yourself together. Pump yourself up for what's next. Quit asking why the divorce. Why did I lose my loved one? Why this sickness? Why my job loss? Why the pandemic? Why this presidency? Why this tragedy? Why this trauma? Why this trauma? At some point, you have to come to grips with the fact that it happened. And this might be your new normal. So just get ready for what's what's next God already has a plan for what's next there's a blessing in what's next there's glory in what's next there's triumph in what's next there's excitement in what's next there's prosperity in what's next there's purpose in what's next there's significance there's a legacy there's fruit that remains in what's next quit tripping about why why they do me like that why did it happen like that why was my mama like that? And said, God, what's next? There's joy unspeakable in what's next. There's life more abundantly in what's next. There's eternal impact in what's next. But you will miss it if you let the devil take you back. If you let disappointment take you back. If you let confusion and boredom and needing to be normal again take you back. I want what God wants for me. But more than that, I want to please him. I love him. So I'm not going to let you take me back. Let's get on. Let's get on with what's next. Let's get on with what's next. Let's get on with what's next. Yeah, they happened to me. I lost my marriage. 
I got divorced. I got this sickness. I got, all right, all right, it happened. What's next? I hope somebody get this. I hope somebody get that. I lost my child. I was struggling. This happened to my kid. This, uh, all right, they misused me. I got, it's good. It happened. All right. What's next? I lost my house. I lost my child. I went to the, my mind is tripping. I had this breakdown. I know All right, it happened. What's next? Whoa, I need somebody to stop asking why and ask him what's next. I'm excited about what's next. I'm running to what's next. Somebody say, let's go on to what's next. Yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but what's next? I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you. My past is over in you. All things are made new. Spend my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you. My past is over in you. All things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. Yeah, that's that move right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you. My past is over in you. All things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. One more time. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you. My past is over in you. All things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. Oh, yeah. I'm moving, moving forward. Hey. You make, you make, you step into their new normal in the mighty name of Jesus. God. 
God, I'm going to follow you forward. I'm going to follow you forward. I'm going to stop asking why. God, bring somebody to what's next in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I need you to touch them. God, I need you to walk in down the house. I need you, God, to overwhelm them in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Javon, he's doing it right now. In the name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it. I got to go what's next. In the name of Jesus. Chantel, don't ask him why. Don't ask him why. Just ask him what's next. God, I'm ready. For what's next. For what's next. In the name of Jesus. Get excited about what's next. In the name of Jesus. Touch God. 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 I say yes to what's next. I say yes. I'm not going to wonder why. I'm ready for what's you next. Make all things new. Yes, you make all In things In the name of Jesus, I break I every barrier. I break every curse. I break every chain. I break every yoke. I break every cycle. Cycles are breaking, chains are breaking. For those that are listening, cycles are breaking, chains are breaking, cycles are breaking, curses are breaking. Good for what's next. What's next, God? What's next? I will not let you take me back. God, seal this word. Seal this word. You know who is for God. Seal this word. some of you again and he's gently calling you but some of you God is calling for the first time and from some of you you just never said yes he's calling you again say yes today everybody repeat this prayer after me wherever you are when you feel God tugging you to come to a new life he's calling you to a new normal until he changes that. This thing in Christ sometimes is just new all the time. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Forgive me for going fishing. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Change me. And I'll serve you for the rest of your, my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you believe that today and you receive Jesus Christ today, please inbox us and let us know. There's a book I want you to have called Saved, Salvation 101. It'll help you on your journey. And we want to be your church family. We want you to join us. You can be a member right there through this Facebook Live. You can be a member by going to, they're putting up the link right now. Go into that link and give us your information. There's a book that we want you to have. If you're being saved for the first time, ask for that book. If you're just coming from membership another church or you've never found a church home here in Las Vegas and you say, these are the people I want to connect with, God is calling me to connect. Just go to that link and they will connect you. They'll get your information and we'll be in touch with you. And if you're here in the sanctuary and you're not saved and you prayed that prayer and you meant it just raise your hand and we'll get your information as well and get you that book anybody that accepted the lord today anybody that prayed that prayer for the first time or to reclaim or to to come back to god anyone if there's somebody that would like to join our church anybody here today that said this is my church home this is where i need to be Amen. Right here. God bless you, sis. God bless you. God bless you. Welcome home. Welcome home. Amen. This young lady over here is going to get that information 
from you. And uh, we're in our growth track right now. So those of you who do want to join, you can get connected. Just again, do that information and we'll get you in as a member of this church. This is a great place to be and to grow. We are accepting new members, whether you come here or you can do it online. But welcome, God bless you, woman of God. Today was your day. The Holy Spirit's been dealing with you all day, and I'm excited to have you as part of our fellowship. Amen. 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 Somebody declare it one more time. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you. My past is over in you. All things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. I'd like to thank everybody for all of the gifts and cards and well wishes for my birthday. Thank you for all of the department heads and pastors that kept everything going while I was on vacation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. One of the great things God has done for us in the last week is our distance learning. We have an achievement center that our church runs, a community achievement center, and we have just been uh, accepted by the Urban League to be able to take uh, Urban League vouchers. So if you want your children in our learning camp, we're here every day, Monday through Friday from 7 to 4. We'll help them get on online, help them stay focused with their teachers, get their assignments done. Um, uh, and for those who especially have to work and you can't watch everything your kids are doing, if you get the voucher from the Urban League, it pays almost all of it. I think if you only have $25 a week with the Urban League vouchers that we'll have to pay. Um, and if you can't even do 25 a week, you can fill out our form for assistance even with that. So spread the word. Uh, just go to the Urban League, get that voucher for this for learning camps, and we can take your uh, Urban League voucher. So we're looking, amen, to really be able to impact our neighborhood with that. Uh, the Kingdom Academy has already started, but you can jump into one class, which is Intro to Ministry. I teach that class. Whatever you're doing at New Antioch, Intro to Ministry is that first thing. It, it introduces you to everything. Everybody has to take that as they become in ministry at New Antioch. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and teach it in a one-day class. Uh, so if you if you didn't want to do the six weeks or you couldn't, but you might be able to do a one-day class. And some of you might just want a refresher uh, with Intro to Ministry. So that one-day class, if you would inbox us or go to thekingdomacademy.org uh, and sign up, we're going to do it in a one-day class uh, and get that. Uh, it'd be one day and then a couple of hours uh, for your, your final um, Again, Growth Track, that's our new members, our orientation for our new members. You can get in. We have two more classes, and then we'll start over. But you can jump in at any time. Uh, the other, only other thing is we know that, uh, that we have started Sunday school. This is our third week of Sunday school. You can get on at 8 a.m., uh, or you can look at it later if 8 a.m. is, is uh, too much for you. Uh, it, we, we are doing it in person now, so we still have a few kinks that we're doing so if you are at service at central you can actually come but those of you if you just up at eight you can come to sunday school and then you can go eat and then come back to our service at 12 30 however you want to do it but it will be on zoom and on facebook live so go ahead and get the book and um if you need the book just inbox us there they'll tell you what book it is but it's standard sunday school lesson so we do have um Sunday school going on. Other than that, everything is the same. Our prayers and everything that's uh, going on. Uh, don't forget you can give. You can give on your way out if you would like. Um, if not, give at newantioch-aliante.org. Prayer is on uh, New Antioch Central Fellowship Aliante every morning at 7 a.m. Uh, and uh, stay connected. Stay connected. Amen. God bless you all. Good to see you all. Good to see you all. Love you so much and glad to be back. And so, finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy wave. Welcome home. I don't know if you're supposed to surprise me and be home or if somebody 
just did not tell me that you were home. Somebody either is in trouble or you, so you better tell me it was a surprise. Welcome home. Thank you for your service. Uh, of course, we, we honor you. Welcome home, Quint. We appreciate what God is doing uh, in your life. So all the saints salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. God bless you. If you all will please remain seated so that we can get you out safely. We can get y'all safe. Good to see the Jordans. That's why I get to talk to everybody. All right, Miss Roz. All right, Rev. God bless you, Mr. Isaiah. Hug Miss Juanita for me. Good to see you. God bless you all back there. Raquel, ask her what, what's her name that you don't know. Awesome. God bless you. We're so glad to have you. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome home, baby. God bless you, Mom. Thank you. I'm glad you're here this weekend. It's good to see you. God bless you, woman of God. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H-A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus. Or for Central Campus, it's New Antioch Central at 77977. Thank you.